good morning. And good morning. Good morning. Uh, 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 there we go. The call has begun. You did something. I've done something. But, you know, I n- almost never do something before about 8.15. But today, I have. So that's something. Once a week, I do something. Yeah. I don't really want to talk about when I get up. I'm, I'm trying to uh, bring it back earlier because we just started school. Um, so I want the whole family to be getting up at a reasonable hour. Hmm. What's a reasonable hour? I mean, is this subjective or objective? Uh, it's, it's subjective. It's subjective. There's no, there's no laws around this. I, I arrive at my workplace at a... Um, at a mutually understood to be decent, punctual hour time. So really, really, it's just me being a dad here, trying to draw these. <laughs> Everyone Arbitrarily will be arbitrarily deciding times and mornings. Well, I mean, it's a um, with a homeschool situation. It's pretty much all arbitrary. Uh, that really, I could let the kids get up whenever, and Archer would still probably get his work done, but. I'm trying to make it so that everyone is dressed like they're need to, like they're going to actual school, and I'm trying to get up myself a little bit earlier so that I'm around for like breakfast and not just like rolling out the door right at the last minute, you know. Yeah. So, all right. I mean, a consistent timing, I would vote for. I mean, if it were up to me, everyone would consistently be eating breakfast at. 10 a.m., but I guess I I don't control that. No, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I like a good 10 a.m. breakfast or a no breakfast, which is what I'm usually doing. Uh, yeah, boy, yeah, I'm tired this morning. I, Felix, uh, so I was, this is on me. I was up late playing a video game. Uh, again De- yeah again dead cells which is a very good video game the problem with dead cells is it's a run based video game where you try to see how far you can get in the game before you die and start over again with slightly better upgrades yeah. and stuff uh so there's no like mid game saving um which means that you you might find yourself kind of if you have a good run you might find yourself there for an hour or two um, so if you say, well, do what I did, started around 1130, maybe you don't get to bed till like one or two. And then maybe if you're also in me, time for F- Felix's first wake up. Exact. Exactly. <laughs> I was in, I, I, my head had nigh kissed to the pillow and then she got up. Um, and then, I, and then, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it was that, um, really ultimately, I should have been two hours deep into some sleeping when she woke up, but instead I was mm, 12 seconds <laughs> into lying down. <laughs> mm. Anyway. Uh, well, it was worth it, though. I'm sure you had a good run. Uh, you know, uh, it is an enjoyable game, but one that you keep grinding against the same basic game over and over again, getting slightly better every time maybe is a little bit even even a little bit more existential crisis crisisy than your normal video game uh framework uh so i it's good but i have to look this up yeah i have no idea what it is it's a it's a roguelike i, I don't know this isn't a video game podcast let's not be ridiculous um this is cameron brocker two people the podcast in which cameron brocker two people um, and we are forbidden to talk in depth about any one subject Lest we label it that. Well, I mean, it's not that I'm afraid of the label more that I'm afraid of running out of things to say about any specific thing. Um, it, it probably would Damn, be. Damn, you will never run out of specific <laughs> things to say about a thing. Mm. Valuable things to say about a thing. Oh, oh, well, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, I mean, this, the, this general life banter podcast what what have you um we oh oh the uh there is a voicemail <laughs> i mean we didn't get a oh, voicemail i did set up a voicemail though 
Okay, so, because I saw that and I yeah. thought, hmm, that seems like it's an actual thing. I'm going to start calling in incognito. I'm for sure. <laughs> you're more than welcome to. I have I've had that Google voice number of 2525 Hey Cam for about oh, I don't know, 10 years. Whenever they were starting to give those out originally, I remember spending like a whole afternoon trying to find one that was like funny enough and like relevant. So, and are you happy with twenty five twenty five Hey Cam? <laughs> it's pretty all right. At the yeah, time, I, remember, I like it. I remember tweeting it, and then at the time, uh, one of the only people who called it was my old roommate from college, who I didn't like at the time, and was trying to uh, <laughs> maintain some sort of like a like a communication after college, which I I, I had not only did not care for the dude. And we didn't like get along when we were roommates, but that was like sophomore, junior year. Like there had been years of college and then years of non-college in between us rooming together and him cold calling my dumb 800 number voice. How did he find out? He followed me on Twitter or something. Oh, okay. Well, not, I mean, no, no one knows about that anymore because that's in the Twitter trash. Oh yeah. It's in the Twitter. It's been nuked. It's in the 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 tw- twist. It's twist Twitter story. Um, oh mm, eh. no! <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably in archive.org or something, um, or not. Considering how many Twitter accounts have been wiped and uh, changed and reused for different things, but that's a lot to talk about. All um, right, so that's a very disappointing usage of a hilarious call in line um so if there's anyone listening at all you can do better just by default yeah Uh, not that i have anything specific for people to call in about but we want to maintain open look we don't have anything specific to talk about this has been discussed already so it's true (laughs) and yet somehow I feel like we've worked we've worked through some stuff we've caught up on some stuff like i feel like the um, the uh, spoken goal of the podcast um, has in, what at episode least for is me, this? Uh, thirty-one. Okay, so we've talked for at least thirty-one sh- hours, right? Uh, not straight hours. Yeah, I our average um, podcast length slightly over an hour, and yeah. it's not just dead air. So that's true. There's not a lot of weather talk. Mm-mm. I think occasionally, maybe. So we've done something. Yeah, it's definitely a thing we've done. Uh it's uh there's a there's there's uh let's see. We've we've hopefully continued to span the area between s- disastrously heavy conversation that's hard to do in an hour and talking about the weather. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Have we like remembered like buried childhood memories any further or can't remember. Um, I mean, I've definitely learned some things uh, myself. So, I mean, it's... Oh, it's, yeah, there's been like, a, oh, that's what was happening on the other side of my childhood. Right, exactly. That's interesting. The, the other side of the, um, the other side of the parental uh, communication loop, things like that. Oh, hmm. so... Uh, I feel like I don't have an uh, a uh, I, I actually don't have a segue, but I feel like I'm two weeks behind telling you about how I have laser eyes, so we can talk about that today. Uh, is that FDA approved or? I have no idea what the FDA's relationship is with uh with my doctor. Um, oh, with the well, with laser laser eyes. Oh, did I say laser eyes? I'm sorry, I meant lasered eyes. <laughs> Slightly different. Oh, Le- well, less I'm way less superpower. interested. Yeah. But I'll you can tell me anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's the uh, it's, it's the the uh, there have been lasers and they've been pointed at me and they've they've burned and shaped my body into a, a ideal Ooh, specimen tell me more. of vision. Oh, <laughs> well, it's a good start. Is there anything else the lasers can do for my body? I mean, I these lasers seemed fairly efficient, um, <laughs> d- depending on what you need reshaped and how much time and money you got. Okay, uh, we'll talk about this off recording. Uh-huh. 
So there are videos of, of my uh, LASIK, and I tried watching about two seconds of one and had sh- had uh, to Shannon turn it off. Cool. I'm gonna, I, I, it reminds me of when I got a tattoo. Like You kind of don't want to look at a video of a tattoo like being applied to someone for a little while after the process because it's just it's uh yeah i'm yeah. definitely in that camp where I, i'm fairly tolerant of most procedures um but i'm not the person who's ever going to watch a procedure that is on myself maybe later but i don't want to see what's happening and i'm fine no yeah it's it's gonna you got to give it some space because um unexpectedly my my uh like threshold for tolerating that which i feel like is normally if it's me no you're right you're right you know it 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 might as well not be me because so the setup was um there's actually like huge viewing walls at this place like one of the walls is just glass and on the other side is my family and uh they uh, <laughs> it's like a stadium type of lasik it's very small scale. It's just three chairs on the other side. It's more of a like um interrogation like a room sort of setup. Execution. Oh, okay. It's like yeah. a one-way mirror. It's not a one-way mirror. mirror. It's a bit it, so, so maybe not quite like an interrogation room. That would have been weirder, um for sure. <laughs> I guess I I I guess you know what? It might be a one-way mirror because the room in which I got the work done, I couldn't see anything. Uh so it, it's it's a big giant um glass uh, wall and then uh, on on the monitors there's two TVs that are both showing like what the doctor is seeing in terms of your eye because uh, that's what he's using too oh, excuse me and um, so uh, I, the, there's just like a lot of information going on uh, for for so that's what the video is actually of is of me lying down with and with this giant machine pointed at my eye and then a big screen TV of my eye uh, and then whatever's going on there. I feel like I was setting up for something, but I forgot what it was because I'm tired. No, I don't know. Uh, so uh, there's a couple questions I have. One, I remember, I don't remember a time when you didn't have glasses. I remember mm. you as a very young, you know, person with little circle glasses or something uh-huh. like that. Owl glasses, as my family likes to call them. Owl glasses, as, as young as I can remember you being. So you've always had an eye sight issue. Mm-hmm. How bad was it? Um, well, when I was uh, nine, I got glasses. Um, and it was slightly bad then, uh, and then it kind of accelerated in badness until I was in high school, and then it sort of stabilized, which actually made the whole um, LASIK thing very... Uh, I'm like an ideal LASIK patient because uh, my eyesight has not gotten measurably worse in the last, like, 10 or 15 years. Ah, uh, yeah, it's not changing. No, but it was... I mean, by the, t- by the time I got... I was like a 3.5, um, which is like... Uh, I can't read street signs. I, you know, things go up blurry at about nine inches from my face and then just keep getting blurrier. I can't like comfortably look at a computer screen and read anything. Um, that kind of thing. Um, but when I was nine, I didn't know I was nearsighted until my parents decided to take me to the eye doctor. And then it was a very, uh, momentous occasion when I left the eye doctor and, they said there was very sad. Uh, no, I'm interpreting it as sad because it sounds like the saddest thing ever. But they said, "Oh, it was so great. You left the eye doctor, and you're like, look at all the leaves on the trees. Look at the billboards. <laughs> like I could read billboards, and I hadn't been. Do you I, remember this? Yeah, yeah, I do. I remember riding home in the car with glasses on, feeling super overwhelmed because I could read like all the billboards, and there was just a lot of detail on everything. Um, wow, but I mean, like. It's not just reading. It wouldn't work. Didn't the world look different? Uh, yeah, that's it's the that's the um, everything was more detailed. Actually, I had the sim like weirdly kind of a similar experience with the LASIK um, because um, it get there's nothing quite like having good vision. Like the uh, glasses, even I mean, no matter how big your glasses are, there's you don't actually have peripheral vision in glasses. You know. 
there and right. not, not only that but the um especially if you have like kind of bigger glasses like i did the um optically speaking they're not going to be completely sharp all the way around like if you look in the bottom right corner of your glasses there's going to be some some distortion or some you. like aberration and uh hello and with contacts you can't even with contacts even though then you have peripheral vision if you like move your eyes really far to the side it's it, it the contact bumps up against the edge of your eye and shifts slightly so you don't have actual full vision you have like really good vision right in the middle and then it, around the edges it's not quite as reliable um so with and between that and the fact that LASIK overshot my um my I 2020 into like 2015 range it actually <laughs> did feel like it does feel really overwhelming sometimes like especially to go outside and be able to focus kind of like a few blocks ahead walking down the sidewalk and feel like you know you have like all you of actually this. do feel like you have some kind of eye implant where yeah you're like hmm, what's that enhance and then like your eyes focus further yeah, seriously, like especially outside in full light, like I, I feel like I can read as far as I need to in any direction. Like there's there not only can I see 2015, but it's like a very sharp 2015. Like when I was looking at the bottom line, it wasn't just that I could read it. It was that I could like like the edges were crisp and things like that. Um, so it's the same sort of like kind of like mild information overload. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I I think about this from time to time uh where so I've never had glasses or any diagnosed eye or vision issues it, as far as I can tell my vision is quite normal and so it's a really n- crazy thing for me to think that you not only is it not like normal vision now that you're describing it versus the other way. Cause I didn't even think about that so much, even with the glasses or contact, but that you are always reliant on something that isn't naturally part of yourself to function in what is now expected as a normal way in society. You know, everything is built to function normal sighted. <laughs> and so it's just like a terrifying thought for me that something that isn't part of me is necessary for me to sort of interact with other stuff. Yeah, I mean, you've seen that Twilight Zone where his, he ends up with all the books and his glasses break one too many times, I think. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen that episode, but it's a great episode. <laughs> Yeah, spoiled. I spoiled the sixty-five-year-old episode. Of well, we've already spoiled it. He doesn't like people, and he wants to read all the time. I believe he's a librarian, and yeah. he's annoyed. And he has this. Uh, is that the one where he has a watch that stops time, or is it the nuclear? Uh, I I don't remember. I just remember the very end where he he finally has all these books to read, and then his yeah, he has all the time in the world and all these books. And like his glasses get smashed. Uh, I I I don't think that the thing that made me want to get it done was the like reliance upon that. Um, I mean, it, convenience certainly. I think it was more convenience, and it was more um, weirdly like it was available to me as an option, and I chose to not do it mostly out of thinking that like having this like mild difficulty in my life like built character or something (laughs) like (laughs) like it was uh, i i i mean there's a lot of a lot of reasons going to wanting to do something like that but that was kind of like like the weirdly the one of the most major that kind of snuck on me was this idea that like i was actually like creating I was maintaining this limitation for myself out of some sort of um, desire to not indulge myself in making life easier. I don't think that that sentiment is completely unproductive. I mean, I, I think it can be taken too far, but as long as it's not an excuse for just being worried about, you know, 
something and then coming up with a alternative good reason why you're not doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, I find myself even still like almost like when, when you ask me my prescription, it's like my prescription's bad enough that it is, uh, like life altering. Like I really can't go outside, uh, and get anything done with, <laughs> or I couldn't go outside and get anything done without glasses, even though, um, a 3.5, even when I went to the LASIK people, they're like, well, this is on the mild end of what we treat. Like there are people with negative seven who are legally blind that get LASIK wow. because, because, you know, at some it point can work for people that far, but yeah, apparently I, it has to do with your corneal depth. We'll get into corneal flaps here in a oh, second. I would yeah. like to hear about your corneal depth. Hey, can you hold on a second? <laughs> yeah, sure. This is Cameron Barker to people. Hello out there. Do you have questions about corneal depth? Do you struggle with issues of uh, of your child waking you up at night? Uh, do you stay up late playing roguelikes? If so, we would love to hear anything about you, the listener. Please contact Cameron and Brock or at gmail.com or dial 2525-HEY-CAM today. We're getting so good at this. You there? Hey, yeah, I'm there. Hey, what were we talking right. about? That Laser cor- eyes. corneal flaps. Yeah, so oh, um, corneal depth. Well, we'll get to the corneal depth, I suppose. Um, but what I was saying is that, like, I, um, I, even like with it being something that like clearly is a massive life improvement for me, and like really like life changing, and yeah, I don't remember me without glasses very much either. Right, <laughs> like I've had them a really long time. <laughs> Uh, and it's just like this tiny source of mild frustration, like your whole life. Like you, I don't, I've never really wanted to spring for prescription sunglasses cause they're expensive. So when I go outside, I have to like plan ahead and put contacts in. And then like, uh, swimming isn't uh, always kind of annoying because you have to choose between being able to see out of the water or being able to see in the water. Um, cause you should like not opening your eyes with context and them underwater is, is tricky. Um, at best there's, uh, going to movies, like it, it's more enjoyable to have context in a movie, but I'd forget half the time going to get a haircut's annoying because you, if you don't remember to put context in, uh, then you have to take your glasses off and then you're really just like trusting the hairstylist cause you ain't going to see what they're doing until they're finished. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's just like a the death by a thousand cuts of just like a little annoying things and like maintenance and like my glasses that I had, uh, my glasses frames that I had were pretty expensive because I invested in a nice pair a few years ago. But and since then, a couple of times they've gotten bent and bent back and they were starting to get looser and like, yeah, it's just, it's all, you know, it's, it's these things. And then like to not have any of that and to just have like... I'm wearing sunglasses every day because the novelty of being able to just put on a pair of sunglasses and go outside without having contacts in is is still super fresh. <laughs> it's just it's raining outside and you're like rolling out time. with black sunglasses. Yeah. yeah, it's but like I I I think that like if one has the means, like you know, it was non-trivially expensive to do this. Um, and it's it, insanely, it just feels very indulgent. And like my instinct as a human being is not to indulge myself in certain, in that, to that scale. Um, so, so where do you think, where do you think that stops being the case with people? Like what level of disability? Do you think there's people out there who are blind who feel that way? Who feel what way? That somehow they would lose the things they've built. If all of a sudden you've been blind for a long time and you could be given your sight back, surely there's some people who have built up so much of, or, or taken the time to figure out how to be okay with being blind, which usually, you know, they're part of a community and it defines them in the right. struggle that they would actually maybe not choose to receive sight. I, you know, it's possible. Um, it's, I have no idea. I think it's like the, the real Zen master thing here is, is to 
is to say that like the thing that you have to come around to is not like any sort of generalized sense of where the line is for any one person. But the, what you have to come around to is the idea that if it is something that is like giving yourself a, a like a gift in this case, like a very large, expensive and meaningful life changing gift. Um, it's probably healthy to give yourself that. <laughs> like I've talked to a, an interesting range of people at work. Um, there are people who, uh, came out of the woodwork asking about it. And uh, actually there's a, there's people at work who have gotten LASIK, like a few of them that, and it's just something you don't mention, you know, a couple of years in you stop thinking about it or whatever. And, um, it doesn't come up in conversation very often. Yeah. Right? I think I've run into maybe two coworkers that I, it probably was months later. I said, didn't you used to wear glasses a lot? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And for some people, it's been like 10 or 15 years. Like, LASIK has been around a long time at this point. Um, but there are, there are other people who come out of the woodwork asking me questions about it. And But then, then, then there are other people who, like, <coughs> visibly seem, like, confused slash uh, put off by the description of the process. And they're like, it, it, you could see it in their faces. Like, it never occurred to them that they wouldn't have glasses like there's there's a few people who like at this point they've had glasses for so long it, the process doesn't bother them to have glasses on and they they look in the mirror and they see themselves with glasses you know like they they maybe they feel like they look weird without glasses or and like just the friction of having the glasses doesn't bother them mm. um so you know and, the, and those people are under no obligation you know it's not like they have some undiscovered Oh, who knows? But, you know, it's possible they don't have, like, some undiscovered, uh, like, self-imposed micro-punishment or micro, uh, you know, <laughs> character-building decision like I did. Um, maybe they just are happy with glasses, you know? Well, I mean, I think that you were trying to think of the best... Uh, it was probably just associated with your best way of handling the fact that you would always have glasses, which is healthy. But then there's that, like you're saying, a weird dissonance when all of a sudden there's another option. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think you're right, is that the ultimate goal is to always accept anything good in your life that's brought to you without ever like um, idolizing it or making your happiness dependent on it. And uh, if you have to impose limitations, it's only because you haven't grown enough to accept things with, uh, you know, um, a healthy process. Right. It's like, it's, there's, there's a one, at one level it is, you know, healthy to, uh, reach that sort of like understanding with your own body about whatever it is. Um, in my case, you know, medium to uh, not cripple. I, I see. I, I'm see. I'm nervous even saying severe. Like I just have like normal nearsightedness. Um, but at the same time, there's. I guess the next level is to say like you know for me. The, this is a thing that meant, means a lot to me. It doesn't just because other people have a thing worse um, doesn't make my own like uh, prov provision to me invalid or um, or you know overly. Uh, oh yeah, you know? you know I actually thought that that would be a thing. Um, I've noticed you consider implicitly or explicitly in a lot of cases it is that you know the the idea that can i even be like relaxing in my sort of uh um, privileges and whatever i have in my life when i see so much like inequality uh in other people's and um yeah is that is that unfair to say that you think about that i yeah i guess in this case it, it isn't necessarily so much of issue of inequality and privilege so much as like a, well, I guess it kind of is. Cause I do, I do think of like the fact that there are people with plenty of people get by fine with glasses when they're nearsighted and, and, uh, 
And there are plenty of people have more of a necessity for LASIK than I do did. Um, Mm -hmm. But like also it's, you know, as spending money on yourself goes, like it's a, like, I mean, it's, it's, it turned out it meant a lot to me, you know, and like, yeah, yeah. And, and at some point that has to be okay. Uh, but that my instinct <laughs> is to not, is to not, is to like hesitate very heavily about like doing, saying that I'm doing this big thing for myself. Um, so, you know. Yeah. Well, I think that's a healthy place to start from. Uh, yeah. and I'm glad it didn't cripple you. Uh, so, but you weren't hesitant at all about having lasers just slice your eyes to pieces. Um. So what had happened is I sort of had a confluence of events where I talked to a friend of mine uh, from work, and he mentioned it it being like the greatest thing he'd ever done. And then in a unrelated conversation on work Slack, uh, someone else asked about LASIK, and someone responded with a recommendation of a doctor in there. So it wasn't like I was looking for a recommendation of recommendations just sort of fell in my lap. And, uh, the, the doctor whom, whom I went to, uh, has been doing LASIK since like 1991, which is seems early. Uh, <laughs> and he's done t- like 20,000 eyes or something like that. So like, ultimately I, I found, I mean, you know, I'm in Chicago, one of the greatest cities in the world. And uh, there tend to be world-class versions of many things here. And so I found, like, a, you know, the let's not mess around here. This is not a Groupon LASIK situation, although I'm sure plenty of those are fine. Uh, for me, the thing that assuaged my uh, uh, sort of fears and paranoia about the situation was to go to somebody with a, like, impeccable track record. So... I mean that the uh, worrying about like the execution of the thing is, is my jam like the actual like nature of the procedure um I also I mean I went there and had a very good consultation with them uh where they talked about like you'll you'll be able to go home that day and then by the next morning you'll be able to see fine um So do you want to talk about corneal flaps Are you there I scared him off. <sighs> time will tell. Some time in Chaos in my house mm-hmm. is not conducive today. <laughs> uh, I didn't even get to say anything. There was some crisis about them getting away to... Uh, school. Oh well, I mean it is school times. I uh, my family is still asleep, uh, which is nice. But uh, no, I I was monologuing and then realized you were gone. Um, yes, I apologize. Okay. You were well. You were talking about the process and that you didn't uh, want to skimp out on um, having laser shot at your eyes. So you right. weren't going to use a Groupon for the laser guy. Right, right. Oh, Which, so you wanted I mean, uh, that. So you want to talk about corneal flaps? Well, if it's if it's an option, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, so <laughs> the entire procedure, it is very int- like from a like a, a history of man perspective, I feel like LASIK is, I mean, there's plenty of modern uh, medical procedures that are relatively new, but a lot of them are newer versions of older procedures, right? Like uh, there is, there are newer, better ways to get like uh, organ transplants, but they've in like maybe certain uh, or the, or like get uh, heart surgery or something, right? Like they're, the procedures are getting more refined as time goes on or, but like there have been historically, you know, certain ways to get something done like uh say say you want to get your appendix out or something right like it's it's been around for a long time but the scar is going to be smaller now than it would have been in like 1950 or whenever when you got your appendix out right like you've got a little bit of pro of of like uh uh, modern medical procedures of many times like in in, yeah it wasn't but a decade ago where they had to completely remove your eyes before 
and then do the laser <laughs> exactly. on them. And that's <laughs> so this is less invasive. That's the thing is that there are many modern procedures that are less invasive versions of older procedures. Um, but there's no analog to LASIK whatsoever. It's not like the, in the early 20th century, they'd scrape your eyes with a very sharp knife or something, right? Like there wasn't a... Uh, I'm imagining it, the last time they tried was around 1750, and they put leeches on somebody's eyes, mm-hmm. and they just went totally blind, and they're like, nope, that's not going to do it. <laughs> suck up suck up the bad the blurriness the b- the, b- <laughs> the, the blurriness the humors the visual humors the uh, bad visual humors so like there is technically this is lasik is the second version of this uh the first version was called epk and that was from my understanding uh where they shape the top of your cornea uh which is or like they describe it as scraping which I find very troubling. Um, mm. No, I don't like that. No, and I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily uh, know that like it's actual physical scraping. They might just fire off the like shaping laser directly at your eye, um, and that in, that's the one that involves like getting one eye done at a time and like getting like your eye patched up because it takes a couple of weeks to heal. Um, and things like that. That's when I think of LASIK historically, I think of like my neighbor when I was 14 or 13, who, uh, who I saw with like a big, you know, gauzy eye patch on for a while. Um, yes. Yeah. So you're saying you didn't get to do that. No, that's, that's the, so I guess that's the, uh, invasive version, right? Like the, the still insanely modern procedure that requires like, ultra modern technology and stuff but like that's the old and busted version of it i just like to imagine you coming into work with both eyes patched just sort of bumping around this is yeah, gonna be I'm, great i can take meetings today i'm going to need someone to dictate <laughs> you're gonna have to wait on anything involving the computer but if you need me to ideate i'm in here all day i'm just gonna sit here facing what i hope isn't the wall is anyone here? Is anyone near me? Anyone. Um, no, so the newer version is is a two-step procedure. Um, it turned out to be a two-room procedure, um, which I also didn't expect. I thought I'd go in, they'd lock my eye open with the clockwork orange thing, and then just like go to town. Um, but what actually happened, well, I guess I should back up. What happened first is I was given a Valium, and what didn't happen second is I felt the effects of the Valium. Um and I found out after the procedure that um, I sort of hereditarily for my mother, and, and she said my grandmother is the same way. Uh, one volume it doesn't do shit. Uh, <laughs> so I, in retrospect, if had I known that, I would have asked for at a minimum a second volume. <laughs> um, so I took the volume. I was, you know, hanging out in the waiting room. Eventually, they throw me back there uh, into room A. Room A, I lay down, and they're like, all right, you're going to feel some pressure. <laughs> Which I just, I feel like is a really I, solid, like, understated medical thing that happens. Always. And I'm always, like, more, much more worried when they say that. Right. Because I think... They're like, it, they don't want to tell me what's really going to happen. So they're using this weird euphemistic term. Yeah, they're not going to... Well, I mean, it's not necessarily euphemistic. It's accurate. It's just a very small sliver of the available information they could tell you. <laughs> like, they're not going to say, well, we're going to cut a flap in your eye. Uh, because the word flap in general, not a, not a big fan of the word flap. Um, no, flaps are almost universally bad as far as bodies go. Yeah, it's, uh, when you're talking about a physical item that's a flap, um, it, yeah. Uh, a verb flap is slightly better, but still not great for your body, I guess. I feel like there's things in your body when they're flapping, especially internally. Uh, I no, I, yeah, I don't think it, across the board, really. Across the board, of flapping is bad for a human body. <laughs> um, and flaps are bad. Anyway... I'm laying there, and there's, they're like, um, give me a bunch of eye drops. So they, they, I, you know how like when you you t- you put in eye drops, it, were you to put in some, I guess since you have normal eyes, like visine or something, you kind of like you hold your eye open and you wait for the little drop to come out, and then it's like bink into your eye, and you're like, ah, blink, 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 eye dropped, did it. 
right? Like it's a very, yes. it's a very, very rarely have I done this, but yes, sure. <laughs> That's true. That's so weird that it's, you've only done it sometimes. Um, but even when I'm like, uh, you know, trying to put some, uh, some uh, eye drops in to like get my contacts to be a little bit more moist. It's like two or three drops and you're good because you kind of that's all your eye can really handle. I'm laying there and they just like pull up the eye drops and then just like douse. It's just like 10 drops. Like they're just throwing. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a, an eye drop. It was just sort of a sp- an eye spray. I mean, it was a drop situation. It was just the. Uh, like the the use of a normal looking eye drop container to just kind of at, just cover your eye in like a dozen drops. They, they, it, like, <laughs> I'm assuming this was the numbing solution. This was the numbing solution, and I respect the oh, fact. Okay, that I would have been like, "Give me some more drops, y'all." Yeah, no, they're they're just load your eye up with numbing solution, and they do that. They they're uh, they they use it with a. a What's the word I'm looking for? With a plum, they're just like throwing eye drops in there. Um, because, I mean, it's in both of our best interests for for them to use too many numbing drops for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, as an and, aside, I've I think I've only ever done eye drops when I've got conjunctivitis, and they ew. give me like a dropper with the uh, you know like antibiotic. Uh-huh. And you would have loved to watch me do it because it was like. I was so bad at it, I would more often drop it on the rest of my face. I couldn't figure out the proper way to, like... There was part of it that my body rejects me touching or interacting with my eye because I never have to, and it's, like, a natural protective instinct. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. my body's like, I don't think you should be putting this in your eye. And so it was a... um, It was... A very embarrassing situation to be witnessed. <laughs> yeah, as someone who uh, I think I started using contacts when I was in high school, and um, you have to work your way, you have to break that part of your body that says, "Hey, don't touch your eye, idiot!" Because <laughs> you, like I put on contacts, uh, like I've I've put on contacts in like various situations. I've, I've, you know, you're just like in public and your contact falls out or moves in like, yeah, you just got to reach in there, get it done. Um, so that's, that's, yeah, my relationship with being able to touch my eye is a lot more comfortable than it probably should be. Um, yes. So they're, they're dropping a a million, you know, they're just eye dropping, uh, all over the place like crazy people. And then, then they pull out another eye drop and that one, they only dropped one or two in my eye, and they said, "Can you feel that?" <laughs> so I assume that one's just like white vinegar or something. Like that's the that's the if you can feel this, we didn't numb They're you like, enough. He didn't drops. feel the acid. Yeah. So like I was like, no, I can't feel that. But I, I then I wondered like how bad it would be uh, had they not numbed my eye. It's probably pretty bad. Good. We've removed the top layer of your cornea with that drop. Yeah. So um, then they tell you, you know, they're, um, I'm worried the whole time I'm worried that I'm going to look away and the laser is going to like explode my eye. Right. I'm worried more about my participation in this uh, procedure than theirs. Yeah. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. So I, uh, they're like, look, you're going to feel some pressure. We have control of your eye in this part is what they said. Um, so and what you're that like, means, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, um, well, that's good to know, I guess. So what, what they meant by that, and you're going to feel some pressure is the first machine holds your eye down and then cuts the flap. Um, that's literally all the information. I was unaware it was possible to hold your eye down. Yeah. Well, <laughs> remember the picture I sent you of like, uh, my, Oh, life's, that's what it was blood? from. Yeah. So, so you end up yeah. with a bunch of like you basically bruising in the white area of your eye, which it has a name, uh, a medical name, and the uh, and that's from this machine that I guess is Oculus Blanco. Ocu- oh, that's it, <laughs> oh, El Oculus Blanco. <laughs> um, I guess it's uh, from. I guess the machine is pushing your eye down, holding it. And then, like they said, okay, you're gonna your your vision's gonna go dark for a second, and you're gonna feel some pressure. 
all I know, and I, I, I don't know if the machine is a, like a knife or like another laser or what. Um, and, but it, it, I feel like that something pressing down on my eye, my vision goes dark for a second with the exception of these very bright lights around the edge. And then they're like, they count to like 20 or something. And they're like, Oh, you're doing a good job. All right. Hold on. You know, five more seconds and you're done. And then they move you over and then you do it to the other eye. I, I don't know what happens. There's a video of this. This is, this is viewing room one, right? Like my family is like looking through the glass wall in that room too. Um, then you stand up and uh, they move you to uh, the laser room. Uh, but the, that there's, you know, it's only like 20 seconds, but the entire procedure, very swift. Like I was in and out. I by the, I, from the time that I walked in and got my little like hairnet thing on to where I was done was under 10 minutes. I would say like maybe like eight wow. minutes. Yeah. So like they 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 do not mess around. They the numb my eyes. It's like an eye processing plant. Yeah, it feels it felt very efficient. Um, borderline in like too intense, you know. Like, I, but I think that's also the volume not working. Um, <laughs> so so uh, I stood up and they're like, "All right, your vision's going to be kind of blurry. Just walk this way." And it is. It felt like um, I was looking through like a dirty pieces of plastic, like plexiglass or something. And it's because, even for your normal oh, glassless yeah. vision. Yeah, it's not it, it's not blurriness. It's like uh, something. It felt like there was extra film on my eyes, which of course the extra film was the now loose corneal flaps. Oh, flaps. yeah, I know, I know. Um, you, I've seen a few people just recoil. As How one do they should. feel the flaps, man? Well. So I, I'll, I'll uh, so the next room, <laughs> they lay <laughs> they lay you down in the laser room, um, and uh, this very bizarre. At that point, the so that room that they you know you couldn't move your eye because it was um, being held down by whatever mystical flap machine. I don't understand. The next room, they do not hold your eye down. They do, are holding it open with, like, you know, the clockwork orange thing, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, and you have to look up at the light. You know, they're like, stare at this red light. And I'm, you know, yes, I will stare at that light until I can stare no longer. Like, I'm terrified <laughs> of doing something wrong. Um, and uh, to be to be clear, I think like the numbing might have made it easier too. Like I I think it would probably be yeah it has to yeah aside from like straight up having a panic attack. I don't think that like you're gonna like glance away from the um, eye, especially because there's nothing you can see. So the strangest part of the whole procedure was feeling like seeing these tiny little tweezers come into my field of vision and then f- seeing them pull away the flap. And then your vision is just gone. Like I, I went from like looking at this like little red light to the red light just kind of blurring all the way outward and kind of filling my vision. So Whoa. yeah, it was nuts. Like at that point, very super. This blind. sounds like I. I feel like you could have been in your bed this whole time having taken some kind of drug. <laughs> yeah, like you may have. You really didn't get LASIK. You just like ate some shrooms and then this is what you thought happened. Well, I've had my first dream two nights ago that my, I looked in the mirror and the flap was starting to curl up and I was going to lose, I was going to lose my new vision. Um, so that's definitely, definitely in play that I'm going to wake up and find out this was all just a (laughs) bad mushroom trip. Um, so it's the flap gets like lifted and I, and like my, at that point it's, you know, I'm, I'm staring at where the red light used to be. Um, and then like they kick on that laser, like right after that, they're like, all right, it's going to be 22 seconds. And you hear them like, um, there's three people in the room and you hear them like saying command center style codes to each other. They're like, <laughs> they're like 3.75, you know, to mark 222 Daigle or whatever, you know, like they're reading off codes and then like repeating them to each other, like 3.75. Three point seven five. All right, Mark. <laughs> Mark. You know, like I'm being targeted, and um, everything was fine till you heard him say, "Patient one two five, not responding." We have a code blue, not responding. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they they they're like, "Look, you got twenty two seconds. 
and then the machine, they're like, all right, now this is the, they do like very gently, like very good doctor. <laughs> but you can very gently, there's a touch more urgency in his voice where he's like, all right, this is the part where like you have to look just right. Um, and the laser does track your eye movements. Like it's, it's like just around the like normal range of like twitching, right? Like that's a huge right, part of it. Right, just don't try to dodge it. Right. Like this is the part where like <laughs> this 20 seconds is like the 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 zone that has to work. Um right. And the and you hear like this like sort of sound and then there you get a little bit of a ozony sort of smell in the air, uh, which I assume was my cornea burning. <laughs> uh <laughs> I always wondered what a burning cornea smelled like yeah it's it smells like kind of chemically and burny uh and for fresh you know, lightning they're counting it down i'm i'm like <clears throat> reciting lyrics in my head just trying to like go through breathing exercises from yoga or something you know just like focusing on each like following breath you know i'm not waiting 20 seconds i'm waiting one second now i'm waiting another second that kind of thing um and then after that after that it's it's uh the that part is, is like the peak t- intensity, and then after that, the doctor you could feel him like push the um, flat back over your eye, and then spend a little while like with I assume a tiny tiny tweezers or something like poking around the edges, making sure that like the flap is reseated properly and things like that. This doesn't sound like it should be happening with an eye. It's man, the <clears throat> whole thing is it's such a surreal procedure. And it's this weird combination of incredibly high tech. Well, with a lot of surgeries like this, it's super high tech, but also very low tech uh, in the sense that like um, the replacement for waiting a week for your cornea to heal after lasering it is to let your cornea heal itself by using the cornea itself as a bandage for the thing that you did, basically. Right. It's this. It's so kind that's of what's happening. Yeah. How it, long does it take? Uh, so I, um, I stood up after my eyes had been lasered and the flap had been replaced and, um, they're like, look, go ahead and keep your eyes closed. Um, and then I'm, you know, I'm, so I follow them out, sit down, they have me open my eyes, they look at them. Um, and by that time, like everything's very, uh, blur, like uh hazy because what they, the seal is not going to be perfect. So there's going to be like gases at like a microscopic level trapped between the cornea layers. Um, and that, then, so it looks, everything's got glamour shots at that point. Like details are sharp, but <laughs> like, <laughs> there's like a, I like to imagine that there's packages you can sign up for in the LASIK where, yeah. you know, it's like, Hey, so we can just make your vision. Okay. Or we can add like Instagram filters to your vision. Right. Like every, every bright light will have that, like a. X-shaped glare on it. We'll have some bokeh. Oh, yeah. Some, some, like, real-life lens flare. Or alternately, like, the Christmas light glasses where, like, if you see a point of light, it actually turns into a shape. Mm. Oh, like uh, maybe some sort of seasonal. Uh, or, yeah. like, maybe you get a discount if all of maybe lights turn into the Pepsi logo. Um, oh, yeah. Sponsored eye surgery. Uh-huh. Yeah. This uh, is good. Boy, there's a lot of there's a lot of options there. Um, I feel like maybe that's so. The you next went step. with the base package, though. I would, yeah, base base unsponsored, uh, just sort of white label um, package. Uh, so I'm looking at the um, the eye chart. And I can I can tell that I can see, but it's like again very like overwhelming procedure, just in terms of like and how intense and quick it was. And then also I'm terrified of opening my eyes because it, it your eyes just feel very fragile after that. Um, and then uh, Shannon uh, led me through downtown Chicago in the middle of the day. Uh, I had goofy, like uh, super polarized, like wraparound sunglasses. And I was opening my eyes like a millimeter just so I could not run into things. <laughs> because I, I, I think it was, that part would probably be less trouble if Shannon wasn't also trying to drag two children across downtown Chicago. But as it, dragging like three children, right? It was two children and a blind man across Chicago. So I had to keep my eyes open slightly else. Um, there were two or three instances where, uh, despite her best efforts, I would have totally run smack into something. 
so and then uh wow that's really that says a lot about Shannon that she didn't take that one opportunity to just let you just sort of although you do you have your own foibles so she probably gets it naturally well i mean i i was keeping my eyes open just slightly so i i was also like coming out of there feeling pretty stressed out i just wanted to get home i'm a, i had also just taken like painkillers um, because eventually, about 30 minutes after the procedure, the numbing starts to wear off. Um, and I'm so I'm like worried about that happening. It's been a stressful day. Uh, I'm uh, so like I was not very nice uh, ultimately to her. Uh, you know, I was I, I was keeping my eyes open just enough to not run into things. And then also making sure she knew that had I not seen that thing, uh, she would have run me into it. Um, ah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure she appreciated those uh pointing that out. Yeah, I was definitely uh definitely uh providing necessary information and not just being a jerk for 30 minutes. <laughs> so we made it back home and um and then that part I think was pretty crappy because what's supposed to happen is you're supposed to take another val- or you're supposed to fall asleep and then sleep through the healing process which takes about 6 hours. Um instead I didn't fall asleep uh, because of uh, aforementioned Valium resistance and uh, ended up taking another Valium, another uh, painkiller um, and listening to a Braves game and Shannon, bless her heart, was rubbing my feet trying to, and uh, my eyes felt like I was cutting onions but couldn't touch them uh, for, I don't know, like an hour or two. Um, so that part sucked. But uh, uh, you know what? I've had braces and braces sucked like your mouth comes out of braces hurting and like hurts your whole head to have your teeth moving around, especially when they just get adjusted Honestly, or installed. Way when worse. I think of, yeah. When I think about pain I've experienced in my life and I have had a various um, spectrum of painful experiences, getting spacers put between my teeth, which is, was for braces, but also, very similar to the general braces experience is the most upsetting pain I've ever experienced. It's just a constant mind numbing throbbing pain that you just don't want to do anything. Yeah. I, I had braces twice. I've had many, I've had the palate popper. I've had the, uh, the brackets I've had bands. I, braces across the board worse than two hours of my eyes burning like easily um so i eventually fell asleep and i woke up at three o'clock in the morning after having slept like nine hours and or five hours or something and uh and i could see and then i uh my eyes were very dry and then you go on this regimen of like antibiotic and steroid drops and eventually i'm down you know it's been two weeks and now i'm just down to like one drop a day but for the first day it's like every every hour or something like that. And uh, there's still like a touch of glowing around things, but like that keeps getting lower and lower. And uh, as, as apparently your cornea heals and the, um, and absorbs the like gases or whatever it is that's causing the, the glamour shots effect. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's at the, I think the reason I had that dream and like the reason that for some reason uh, the last day or two i'm finding myself reaching for my glasses or like adjusting my glasses or whatever is that my eyes have finally healed to the point that i'm not thinking about them having been worked on all the time so so now now my my body's kicking in with the like dreams and the you know the accidentally reaching for the glasses because it my eyes just feel like they're normal well congratulations uh, welcome to the world of superhuman non-glasses yeah. people. They're sort of like, well, obviously I didn't tell you before because you didn't have naturally perfect vision. Mm. But like there's a whole society where uh, I guess you could call it secret. But um, yeah, there's a whole induction process. You'll get a card and um, yeah, you're part of the master. I'm assuming now. I'll just keep an eye out for a very small sign. <laughs> <laughs> 